You are now tuned in to Greater Life Podcast with your host, Ivan. Welcome back to Greater Life. Uh, today, uh, we have a good friend of mine, uh, David. How do you pronounce your last name? Largacha. Largacha. Wow. <laughs> wow. That is that is that a Colombian last name? It's so weird. It's not. No, not really. Like you could Google Largacha, and I'm like the only people. Like me and my brothers are the only ones that come up. <laughs> uh, That's I cool. Know, I don't know. I think I think I looked it up. It's like like portuguese or something i don't know yeah I, don't I, know. I feel like every last name is portuguese i've looked my <laughs> last name up and it's portuguese yeah yeah i mean when you think about south america all the people that immigrated there yeah yeah portuguese thanks yeah. cool <laughs> so welcome back so today we're going to talk a little bit about uh i guess privilege and growing up not in hudson county uh and being a latino which is perfect kind of because we're in what type of month hispanic heritage month hispanic heritage month yes i guess happy hispanic heritage month everyone (laughs) i did two trainings at work Uh, the whole office which was it was fun it was cool yeah yeah so you know for hispanic heritage month it's actually a good topic to have and speak on uh so i you know let's get into it you know i know you but the people listening don't know you, so if you can tell us a little bit about yourself, you know, background, nationality, siblings, parents, um, social security, and stuff like that, then you're more than welcome to just go ahead and... <laughs> so, like Ivan said, my name is David. Um, I grew up in Randolph, New Jersey, which is like an hour west of Randolph. Here. Suburbia. Um, but yeah, uh, both of my parents are Colombian. I was born here. My older brother was born in Colombia. Uh, they emigrated, they immigrated here. Uh, my younger brother and I were born here. Um, but yeah, I, I grew up in a suburb and now I live in Union City, which is very different, different, but there, there's some aspects because like, I live right next to like a little urban area. That's like where all the Hispanics went. Yeah. So, well, we'll get into it. I'm sure yeah. throughout, you know, this episode. For sure, for sure. Um, wow. Randolph, how far is Randolph from here? So an hour. Wow. Hour, yeah, it's like an hour, hour west. Wow, it's, it's mountains. Uh, it's hilly. Hilly. It's hilly. Yeah. Yeah, we have hills here on the North Hudson area too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. We're on the uphill or on top of the hills, like what we, I guess we say. It. Uh, so you went to high school in Randolph. Yeah. Uh, tell me a little bit about that. You know how uh how was school or high school or growing up in Randolph uh like you know. Um, it was good. It was honestly, it was it was pretty good. I didn't. I mean, once I as I got older and met people from other areas, I realized like how different it is. But um, I was like one of maybe twelve, I think, Latinos in my like graduating class. Everyone else was pretty much white. We had a couple other minorities in there, but um, it was it was interesting. It was interesting. It, it you don't realize. I didn't realize the different things until I met Kelly, who's my girlfriend. Hi, Kelly. Um, <laughs> hi, Kelly. Um, things like like racism and how passive it was, and like I didn't realize that shit was not okay until I was in college. Now, but so so would you say that that impacted you, like the majority being being that the majority of the school was white and you were like the minority? Definitely. Um, yeah, I think. It's weird. I mean, being born here already makes you, like, not, like, my Colombian cousins are like, you're American. So, over there, <laughs> uh, in Randolph, you're not white, so you're Colombian, right? You're you're Latino, and I'm, like, stuck in this middle ground of, like, I'm not Latin enough to be Colombian. I'm not white enough to be American to these people. So, um, yeah, definitely played a, a huge role in the way that, I guess, I... Grew identified up there. myself yeah like that whole identity like i didn't explore my identity really until college where i like really realized like oh damn like i love my culture like i got into like my culture like dancing like all this stuff way after yeah school. did did uh did you guys own a home did you live in a home yeah owned yeah. um yeah so when i was younger uh, we lived in an apartment um when my little brother was born he's five years younger than me uh my parents bought a house nice so, like a small single family house in Randolph. So, um, Randolph's right next to this little town called Dover, which would be like the, the Latin, it's a predominantly Hispanic community, uh, obviously lower quality, uh, education system, all this stuff. So my parents did their best 
to live near there because that's like where my mom worked um but not in the town so i could go to school somewhere else yeah um and yeah and that's one of the like huge benefits of that like just being in a higher class yeah like a higher class i guess like community the education system was better the teachers were paid better they cared more um and just being in that already like set me up for a future that like people from here aren't they're missing out on right just because like the school doesn't get enough money or there's too many people they can't pay teachers enough to actually care about the students um so yeah just just being there already put me steps ahead yeah i didn't study for my sats (laughs) uh just literally from what my teachers told me and i came out with scores like way higher than what like the average county is wow um so yeah wow yeah that that that's that's interesting that's different you know um did did your did your parents embrace like the the Colombian culture like while you were out there or or did you feel like they kind of tried to americanize things just so it it was a little bit more you fitting in to that class and and whatnot it's it's really weird so they definitely i feel like naturally obviously they're colombian so they had to like live their culture so like every sunday saturday we're blasting music cleaning the house like that's definitely hispanic household <laughs> the, at parties you're all dancing and stuff and listening to spanish music so it's kind of like ingrained in you but my parents tried their hardest to like american and americanize us sorry uh my older brother his name is winan sandria largacha yeah. my name is david largacha my little brother's name is kevin largacha my parents are like nah you're gonna be american <laughs> no middle name you're getting a name that like people can pronounce um they tried really their best to americanize us which I understand, like, they want to get away from, like, you want to try to identify as American as possible because that sets you up for success. That's yeah. Like the, you know, the, no, the I, I can see that. I've, I've heard of that, too, in, in yeah. other households. Uh, um, but as I got older, I realized, like, there's a, there's a way to, like, juggle it, right? And still, like, I love being Colombian. I've, after high school, I, like, deep like did a deep dive into like my culture and like the impact it has i learned how to dance i like went into the music od um i love going to columbia uh so but yeah but for the record jay balvin or maluma (laughs) (laughs) just Uh, real quick mr jose is already showed he's a he's a freaking clown so maluma (laughs) okay (laughs) just just asking just because you know you dove deep into the music so i mean that's part of the music scene today so like weird (laughs) side note just because the the weird j balvin residente stuff is going on right now or was going on uh my cousin had told me years ago because he's a singer in colombia he likes to sing salsa he's not here Mm -hmm. singing over here but while he was there i remember i brought him up and he was like yeah he's a fucking asshole like one of his friends had tried to open up for him and um, he was just like a terrible person to work with. Oh. Now that all the stuff's coming to light, it's like, makes sense. <laughs> sucks. I still like Jay Balvin, but... I like his music. Yeah. I like his music, but clearly he's like an industry, like... Yeah. You know. Anyways. Anyways. <laughs> anyways back, back to, back to this. Ahead. Yeah. Because <laughs> um, that could be another conversation yeah, for, for like a long, long death, death, day death. of conversations. But... So that's cool. I mean, yeah, I feel like a lot of Hispanic parents do try to Americanize. Yeah. Once they're here, they try to Americanize themselves, yeah. actually, yeah. too, once they get papers and stuff. Like, you know, they don't want to be known as maybe the immigrant or, like, the Hispanic yeah. or Latino and raising kids. Can be a tough... I mean, we wouldn't know, right? I mean, I definitely don't know. I mean, you know, being... I, I was raised similar, but my mom named me Ivan, you know, mm-hmm. like, or Ivan, Russian name. Yeah. But... Uh, do you have a middle name? Martin, Martin. Okay. yeah, and and that's actually from say Mar- San Martin de Porres from Peru. Uh-huh. That's yeah, I mean, it's, dope. yeah, it's alright, it's cool. <laughs> it's cool. But uh, I wanted a middle name all my life, bro. <laughs> <laughs> like I was mad. It's funny because people are like, "Why do you want a middle name?" I'm like, I don't know. It just feels more Hispanic. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so with your group of friends, like from Randolph, like mm-hmm. did you ever feel like you didn't fit in, or like that you were okay fitting in, like with them? Um, and, um, it's funny. I, I literally, I think I talked to one or two people from high school. Um, still. Yeah. Right now. Yeah. As now 29 year old. Um, but my group of friends is funny. My group of friends in high school was, we were a bunch of nerds. It was two Chinese kids, an Indian kid, a Cuban, 
Um, you telling a joke? No. no. <laughs> Sounds was, like we were just a bunch. Like we were the my not the minorities, but it was just a group. Yeah. Of different minorities there. It was. Did we have a white? We didn't really have a white person. No. Yeah. Like I mean, I consider them Americanized. Like the Cuban friend of mine, he's half Cuban, half Portuguese, but he's super like American. He went to the same college as me, but he fit in with the white people right away. Is, would yeah. you say his skin color? He's a little. He's a little lighter. But yeah. 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 Skin uh, color has, uh, I think it, has it, it has some stuff to do with yeah. uh, with you being able to fit in. I've I, yeah, we we could we'll definitely dive into that a little yeah. bit. Um, you know, I, I definitely think that you know, I mean, we can shit, we can just dive into it now. Uh, you know, skin color, uh, whether you're Latino or not, uh, still plays a major part. I think you know, I have friends that are Colombian. And um, I'm pretty dark skinned, I guess. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're white. Yeah. You know, one of my friends is six foot one, six foot six one, yeah, six one. You could say blonde hair, super light, and uh, he looks white. Yeah. And uh, I, I'll, I'll never forget. You know, we used to go out, and you know, this is back when I was like 21 years old. Uh, our nights down at Bar A, Bar Anticipation in Belmar. If any of y'all listening to this. Uh, <laughs> Those are some good times, but we would go out there and, you know, it would be me and like three of my friends, even actually, you know, what's funny. It was, it was me and four of my friends at the time, you know, uh, three of them are still like good friends of mine. And the three of them were all six feet tall. Uh, me and the other kid were like five, eight, five, nine. And the three of them were light skinned, but they were Hispanic. Right. So I had my Colombian friend, my two Colombian friends, they were again, one was blonde, one had dark hair, but they were light. And we would go out and party and stuff. And I even felt weird just being in that area. And it's just because I felt like uh, I didn't get as much attention maybe as I would have if I were up here, up north, right? Yeah. You know, I used to go out here in Hoboken at the age of 21. And I would get attention from everybody out here. Mr. Pretty Boy. You know, I would get the... <laughs> I, I mean, not like that. But I would get attention somewhat no, no, from it, girls, it. right, at the time. And mm-hmm. I would talk to them and whatnot. You know, we go down south, down to the beach, and it's like, I just didn't feel... I mean, one, it was the music, too, right? The music was different. But I love music. I listen to all types of genre. Mm-hmm. But it's funny just how, like, you, kind of we're, we're talking about it because it does bring me back to how it felt going out with friends that are Hispanic but look white, yeah. you know? Um, For sure. And, yeah, I mean, I'm sure people have seen this, but, like, we inherently, I'm sure you've heard of, like, whitewashing and, like, uh, people want, not people want, but um, it's, like, ingrained in our culture that white is better than darker, right? Um, and if you have Spanish ancestry, you're most likely... Like, if you have a lot of Spanish ancestry in you, you're most likely to be whiter. Yeah. Because Spain, that's that's Caucasian people there. So, um, you're white. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but not not, that, not to be disrespectful. Like, you're obviously, you're still Latino. You still have your culture. You still have all that. Um, there's just levels to it. Um, and that's, that kind of, that, this, we'll probably talk about this later, but that plays into, like, this whole privilege conversation. Yeah. Um, where we mention white privilege, people get offended, uh, but it goes deeper than that. It's deeper than just like your skin color. I don't know if you want to jump into that now, but um. well, before we jump into that, I mean, I know we we talked about you know you going to high school in Randolph and excuse me, <clears throat> something that I feel I I I mean for me right uh, when you were thinking about college, did you feel like it was more of an opportunity? Or did you think it was going to be something you struggled with? Because for me, like, when I was getting ready for, for college, like, I struggled uh, writing my essays, my college essays. And I struggled with, you know, just filling out an essay, like, uh, an application sometimes. Uh, again, I, I don't, you know, going back a little bit to where you're talking about privilege, you know, growing up in this area, like, I, I went to two different high schools. And, you know, one high school a hundred percent would have had me more prepared than my second high school. Mm-hmm. Uh, but being that, you know, I chose to go to a different high school for my junior and senior year, I really noticed and, and kind of, you know, it kind of shocked me like, wow, I'm not really ready yeah. for college right now. And, and, 
I mean, if you want to talk on that, I mean, yeah. I, no, definitely. the question was for you, not for me. <laughs> but. Nah, it's a, that's a huge point in this privilege conversation where it's like, I've talked to Kelly, like my English professors were giving us sample, uh, like writing assignments for our college papers from junior year. We did like a wow. couple, I think we did two or three. So we honestly college, I was like, and, and was that like expected? Like, and my dad obviously drilled that into me. Like my older yeah. brother went to college. My dad was like, you're going to college. Like I knew I was going to go to college. Um, I wasn't really worried, like, like I said, my like. Did you have so not to cut you off when you're, you're saying that you're they prepared you since your junior year? Is it because you were like in an AP class, CP class, or is that was just no, kind of generic was, for all kids in your junior year yeah. that was taking English? I definitely I wasn't an AP. Uh, I was like in just the regular A class. Like yeah, AP, regular. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, we all did the same assignments, and that this is one thing I've called out before. Like, they'd call out like SAT score. Your math teacher would say, hey. This is gonna be on your CTs. Pay attention. Your English teacher said this is gonna be on your CTs. Pay, my, you know, I remember my oh, teacher so, saying okay, stuff yeah. like that. Yeah. So similar like that. I don't. I just felt prepared. Like I did not study for my SATs. If I did, I probably gone could have gotten even a higher score. Um, I just like I took them twice, I think, and then yeah. I was like, oh, this is decent. Um, but what's funny, I was gonna uh, my guidance counselor. Um, so I know guidance counselors down in like Hudson County. They I don't know what the ratio is. I think it's like one guidance counselor per like 400 students or something like that. Or, or um, worse. I don't know. I don't, I'd have to ask like one of our friends that's in the uh, education system. But Right. What they are today, I don't know. Mm-hmm. Um, but from what I remember, at least, I saw my guy. I mean, I think I touched base. I might have touched base on this conversation in one of the episodes. But mm-hmm. from what I remember, I saw my guidance counselor day one of school, maybe. Never spoke to her again until... Yeah. I don't even think ever. Yeah. Uh, and she had anybody whose last name was A, B, and C, let's say. Yeah. And then that's how they broke it down. I, I believe at the time, I think we had eight guidance counselors. Yeah. But again, I, I don't yeah. I don't remember. I wasn't in that office as yeah. much. I mean, you know, yeah. I don't know. And I was just going to say, like my guidance counselor, a lot of kids use our guidance counselors. I didn't really use mine. He was Puerto Rican though. Which I thought oh. was gonna be like cool, yeah, but he was not cool. <laughs> uh, when it came to college, like everyone got set up with their guidance counselor, like meet them and discuss your college. And I remember That's going cool. to a meeting, and he was like, "You're probably gonna go to community college." I was like, wow, what? Wow, um, which is it's crazy, because obviously my parents were like no, and then I ended up just like looking at schools, and then he was like, "All right, fine. Here's Rutgers. Here's this one. Here's this one." Um, I ended up just going with like one of my friends to the schools he was visiting and then yeah. I chose one of those and he ended up going to the same one. What school is um, that? Where'd you go? TCNJ. TCNJ. The College of New Jersey. Hey. Hey. <laughs> I heard uh, they got cute girls out there. <laughs> <laughs> Stephanie. <laughs> um, but yeah, and the, that school, the funny thing, like I really didn't, I wouldn't have, I, at the time I didn't grasp what the makeup of the school was going to be like because Rutgers definitely would have been way more diverse tc and j was exactly like my high school it's like yeah not, i think it's like 85 percent white or something like that um so very would, similar to my high school so would you like be, going to tc and j i mean i I've, I've definitely had this conversation with uh felix on the last episode too a little bit you know growing up in hudson county i guess right in hudson county schools uh we didn't feel and and i mean this is me as an opinion i did go to college uh for like a year maybe mm-hmm. or two years uh, but I wasn't ready. Right. So like, I, I, again, I wouldn't say it so much. I mean, it, it could be because of the high school I was in. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I guess my question to you is like, you know, this is where that privilege part comes into also because, yeah. you know, going to school in Randolph, uh, you mentioned it a little bit earlier, you know, your schools are, are better than they are up here, up North. Mm-hmm. Uh, you guys are funded a little bit better. Your teachers are paid better. Uh, you know, that impact, did you see that at all? Like, you, as a person going into TCNJ, seeing yourself kind of like, I'm a little bit more behind, or did you see yourself ahead of other students or, you know, kids going yeah. into that school? Um, it's funny. So, compared to, like, your average TCNJ student, I felt like I was par. Yeah. Like, we were pretty much on the same level. But then, so, in college, I got heavily involved in, like, the Latino organization. Shout out, you know, Latina, TCNJ. Um, meeting other Latinos from Perth Amboy, from North Bergen, from all these very urban Hispanic communities. Like, yeah. Communities. 
I was like, damn, like they're not ready. Like you didn't take, oh, I forget what it was like. You didn't take a calculus class in high school. They're like not. Nah. And so like we had, yeah, like, I remember had, like, algebra two was like the, the most we took yeah, if and you weren't me, in AP. And that was me realizing like, damn, that's when I started to realize the privilege that I had when I saw these people that didn't have a calc class, didn't understand, didn't know how to like write a paper properly. Um, like how to cite your sources, like th- that, all that little stuff that in high school you hate, you're like, why am I doing this? And then you get to college and you realize like, oh, I know how to do all this stuff. Um, they missed out on that. So, they, and we had like a summer program that helped people like catch up that weren't up to par. Yeah. So a lot of like, like an EOF kind of, yeah, EOF, exactly. Uh. Um, so they had like a six month summer or three months or something in this, over the summer that helped them catch up. Um, but yeah, that's when I first started to notice that that privilege that I had of like just growing up somewhere that wasn't heavily urbanized. Wow. Yeah. Thanks, uh, Hudson Hudson County. <laughs> nah, I mean it's not. Look, I, I don't I don't blame the teachers as much. I don't blame. No, it's definitely like the teacher. Like I don't. Yeah, I don't blame the high schools. You know, at the end and of the it's day, not even an intelligence thing either. I hope people listening aren't like, oh my god, I'm never gonna make it because. All the people that I went to school with that are from this area are super intelligent. All we were all, you know, no one was. Yeah, it it doesn't it's matter. Resources. Yeah, right? it's it's really there's a lot of resources out there. You know, what's available to us is what's available to us. Mm-hmm. Um, I always use and I always think of a good friend of mine. Uh, he went to the University of Penn, Dope. and he was uh, a five star athlete pretty much mm-hmm. uh, for football, and he became a doctor. You know, out of Memorial High School. Yeah. And and I think, like, for me, like, that's a role model that a lot of people and a lot of kids that say that maybe go to, like, Memorial High School today don't really know about. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I always think of him as an example because it's like... And, and there's others. There's others. But I only think of him because he is somebody I was cool with. Very, you know, I, we talked a lot. Yeah. Uh, he was older than me. But when you think of that, it's like it could be done. Yeah. You know, yeah. It, it's at the end of the day, it's not so much, you know, the school. It's you. Right. It it's how much effort you put into it. And and that goes into anything in life. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, again, it could be also, you know, their parents. It could be it could be a lot of things. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, anybody who's listening, I, I, I don't want you to think that it's a knock on our education at from Hudson County mm-hmm. uh, schools. It's just, you know. David obviously experienced being a Latino has experienced a different type of uh, learning from his school and the same. I mean, I listen. I, I went to Hudson Catholic. Uh, you know, I mentioned Hudson Catholic a lot of times, and and you know, my freshman and sophomore year, I was learning way more than what I was learning than some of my friends that were in Memorial mm-hmm. freshman and sophomore year. So even there, I was a little bit advanced, but it just wasn't like. I mean, I ended up leaving, but. You're, you're even private schools, you know, private schools. It's funny because even some kids at Hudson Catholic that graduated still felt the same way I felt when they got to college. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't know a lot. Yeah. Again, it's a Catholic school that, you know, or a private school you're paying for. And even that's kind of crazy. Um, you know, and just, you know, talking to real, I, I wanted to add this earlier. You were talking about how like, you know, your skin, I, I kind of felt weird too in, in Hudson Catholic, man. Yeah. I felt like a minority, even though uh, I went, you know, I went to a private school. I, again, we we were raised in housing. I mean, obviously, my mom wasn't making that much money. Uh, you know, I also went to a school in Hoboken, uh, which is crazy. I went to public school like half my life, and I went to Catholic school half my life. And I want to say I'm thankful because I, honestly, I was able to get the two sides, like the two worlds, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, when I was going to Hoboken, I felt awkward. Yeah. Uh, Hoboken is a predominant white area, mainly Italians. And I'll never forget, uh, maybe in my class in sixth grade, when I got to that school, maybe it was like three of us that were Hispanic wow. in that school. I mean, yeah. there was two campuses, but in my class, it was only like two or three of us. Yeah. Both campuses combined in my sixth grade, I, I want to say it was maybe five of us. Mm-hmm. Uh and I always felt weird, man. Like, I just felt like, okay, I'm not really them. I'm yeah. not any of them. And I, I used to have a good friend in that school. And even, like, fucking around, he was like, oh, you're fucking, like, like mm-hmm. not that, like, he, he didn't mean it to hurt me. But he was like, oh, yeah, yeah, we, we all know, Ivan, you're a Mexican. Like, and those yeah. things, like, believe it or not, those things kind of hurt. <laughs> but it's like, 
I didn't like, you know, even, you know, I dealt with it sixth grade, seventh grade, eighth grade. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when I got to Hudson Catholic, it was a little bit more diverse. Right. We had a whole bunch of kids from Jersey City, Bayonne. Uh, Union City, North Bergen, West New York. I was actually like the only kid from West New York there. <laughs> or felt like that. Um, and even then, um, there were still kids that, you know, and I guess it's because they were like the white kids mm-hmm. where I feel, I still felt like the school was mainly and predominantly actually like Latinos and uh, black mm-hmm. or uh, a lot of Filipinos, but I still felt like we were the minorities, mm. even though we kind of, had more of that in Hudson Catholic. I don't know if that makes any sense to anybody listening to me, but it, it's funny because yeah, even even in high school, I felt it. And so when I came back to Memorial High School, I was like, all right, like these are my people. Like everybody out here is listening to whatever it is I'm listening to. Yeah. Um, but I just wanted to add that you know, it's 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 not just you know in Randolph, right? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you feel it close nearby. In, in certain areas. I mean, prep. I'm sure a lot of kids that went to St. Peter's prep that were Latinos felt the same way. And it's funny because there was a lot of kids that I knew that were Latino that went to St. Peter's prep. And in my mind, at the at the time when I was in high school, I'm like, yo, these guys are acting too white for me. <laughs> and it's because they hung out with white people. Yeah. You know? And that's... It's funny. So, like, in high school, it was always... Because we had a couple kids um, that would be, like, straight immigrants, like, were in ESL, blah, blah, blah. And I was too white to be cool with them, right? I was like, it was like a weird disconnect. Like, I wasn't cool enough to be part of that group, or I felt awkward, whatever the situation. So that's why I, my, like, I had my little group of friends. Uh, but one thing you mentioned, the whole, like, racist jokes. Like, I grew up with that. Like, being called a spick, being called a beaner, <sighs> being called, like, go, you know, go mow my lawn, David. Like, all these racist jokes were... Like, I'm growing up, I'm like, oh, this is just, like, life. This is what yeah. it is. It's just white kids telling you, like, racist jokes. And obviously, you're in high school, you're talking shit to each other. Yeah, yeah. Um, But Kelly, she's like, we didn't call, like, why would we be calling each other that? Like, I mean, that's what she tells me. I don't know if that's true. You guys could tell me. But I'm sure it's not as common to be racist against other Latinos the way it is. I'll hear it. I don't, it's definitely yeah. not. And it's, it's weird because, like, they're joking with you and, like, you're joking back. But you, but then you also hear the conversations of them like making fun of the janitor because he's a spick and doesn't understand shit or whatever yeah. or something like that. And then you're like, and that's that, you. This, this plays into the whole racism. Like, pe- like white people can be racist and think you're cool and like be friends <laughs> with a Hispanic person, um, and they'll just say like, oh, you're not one of them though, right? Like you're, yeah, yeah. you're the cool one or whatever. Yeah, but yeah. they're being racist. <laughs> <It's> like. <laughs> like I, we give people passes because they're good friends or because we've known them for a long time. But if they didn't know you, they'd probably be discriminating against you. I don't know. For but sure. That, I mean, I think so. That's basically it's... a lot of people in Randolph. Wow. Um, so never drive by Randolph is what you're saying. No, no, no Just no, kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. It's, it's, it's super safe and everything. But yeah, and, and I mean, growing up in Randolph, not until high school did I realize, not until college did I realize like, what was it? I think I was going... I was going to college with my Cuban friend who, and like he drive do freaking, um, donuts. No, not donuts. <laughs> uh, freaking smoking it. He'd smoke and drive around oh, okay. the, the town or whatever. Right. Uh, and we're driving back to college. We just have all our stuff in the trunk. Um, and I get pulled over and the cop makes me get out of the car. He makes him get out of the car. He starts going through all our stuff. Um, and, like, I had been pulled over before, always for, like, nonsense or whatever. And I was just used to it. I was, like... And my friend's, like, freaking out. I could see him, like... I'm, like, bro, just listen to them. Yeah. This is, well, you know, whatever. And then situation passes. They find they don't find anything. Like, all right, you're good. So we go, and I'm driving, and my friend's, like, we just got profiled, bro. I'm, like, what are you talking about, bro? We just got pulled over. And he's, like, yeah, for what? I was, like, I don't know. He probably thought... I was, like, no, he just got profiled. And, like, it was that, like, literally in the moment, I was like, you're being dumb. But then, like, as I think back to that moment, it's like, yeah, like, they had no reason to pull us over. They looked through all our stuff. In our, and I gave consent. I had no, yeah. I had no idea, had no idea about it. Yeah. That. Um, but, yeah, you don't realize that stuff, that it's happening to you until, like, you actually think back on the situation. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I, I was, didn't... It's funny. I, I've, I've had a similar situation where, like, I mean, I, I was being... A dumbass, but um, 
yeah, I got profiled. I mean, and it happens, right? I mean, I think, I think, I don't, it's unfortunate. I, I've had conversations. I have, I, I know a lot of cops. Um, a lot of them are very good people. Yeah. A lot of them are so, so good. Like, they're very good people, and they're just doing their job at the end of the day. I mean, do you profile? Yeah, they, I'm sure sometimes they profile. Do I profile? Yes, I profile sometimes. And it's not... We all do it. We all do it it's unconscious. It's yeah, It's yeah. just unconscious. It's, it's yeah. not like we're doing it because, oh my gosh. No, it just our happens. Brain recognizes patterns. And it, that's just, how we... it just happens. Does yeah. that mean anything of it? No. But it sucks. Yeah. That feeling sucks. And, and it's happened to me. And, and yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I really would wish that, obviously, that never, that yeah. doesn't occur. But those things are going to occur. Yeah. Um, I mean, I think one of the biggest things is recognizing it, right? When you recognize you're profiling or you profiled someone, think back why, and then slowly that's how I think we conquer that stuff. So but, yeah. living here now, like in Union City, do you, how do you feel? Like, how, Do you feel comfortable oh, like walking around? So and... I mentioned Dover before, but Dover's like where the Panadillas were. My aunt lived there. Like That's where all the parties were at. This just feels like Dover and like living here is just dope. Like seeing all the culture, like... Being able to just talk Spanish wherever I go. <laughs> Going to like my liquor store is like an Indian guy that speaks Spanish. Yo, yeah. I love that. The Chinese guys sometimes <laughs> yeah, too. Like, the Chinese. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, but yeah, man. no, I, I really like it. And uh, so I, ho- I own a home here. Um, and obviously, obviously. <laughs> um, so we're part of, I guess, the, the gentrifying problem. Here. Yeah. I, I saw. So you've noticed it. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, I mean, that's one of the reasons we bought the house is people are getting priced out of New York. People are getting priced out of Jersey City now. Um, and like the value of our house has already increased like a significant amount since we bought it two years ago. Nice. And so like, that's why we bought it. Yeah. And, but obviously we do like Kelly and I, like one of the biggest things is we don't want, um, people, we don't want to like, obviously kick people out and just take like white people in. Like we... All of our tenants have been Hispanic. Um, our current tenant like needed help. We like tried to do some Section Eight stuff, but she ended up like just leaving anyways. Um, but we definitely try our best to like keep the culture in there. Um, where like when a big company buys up an apartment building or buys up a couple build a bunch of buildings, they build into the application process like your credit checks. Oh your, yeah. All this stuff that automatically weeds out people without papers, people that may not have good credit and that's like majority you know the latino latino or yeah um so like i've tried my best to like not be as bad at you know fueling the, the fire that is gentrifying um but yeah and of course like we're we're latino we we love showing off our culture uh but i recognize like yeah, i'm definitely part of the problem because we're definitely pricing people out like we increase the rent yeah uh from what the the last homeowner was using so which is I, tough. It's like it's a tough thing to to juggle in my head. That no, I, I, it definitely is. I mean, um, being a homeowner in this area is tough. I think uh, <laughs> it, it really is, right? Because you know they have two bedrooms now for like eighteen hundred. You know, uh, you have three bedrooms for about twenty six hundred, and a lot of people in this area are hardworking families, hardworking community. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they can't afford it. You know, you have a janitor who's probably making 20 grand a year trying to live in one of these apartments. Like, you know, how how is that fair to that janitor or that? I'm, I'm not going to say the janitor, but how is that fair to that person who is trying to raise a family who has, you know, an honest, a, a decent job, right? Because a janitor is not a bad job. That's a job at the end of the day. You know, he shows up, works hard, but he's struggling to pay rent. Yeah. You know, is it fair? It's not, you know, Um but yeah. you know, so how how do you like how do you feel about the gentrification? I guess like what like obviously you touched a little bit on it, but like yeah. what what are your thoughts behind it? As like you know, obviously you're a home, like you know you pretty much mentioned it, as a homeowner, you know how do you feel about it? Like do you think it's it's what's your opinion? There you go. What's your um, opinion? I think it sucks obviously because you lose like you're, you lose the culture as it like actually happens. Like as more white people move in. Latinos get moved out. You start losing the little corner shop. You start losing the the panaderias. Prices go up. Um, like uh, my barber used to be in Dover, fifteen dollars for a haircut. Mm. He moved to Montclair. He's charging fifty dollars for a haircut. Wow. Now. Yeah. So, and that's that's 
that's what happens with Justin. Obviously, he moved to a more white area where he could charge more, um, to a wealthier area. Um, but that's basically what happens Sheesh. when you're gentrifying. People yeah. start moving out, you start increasing rent, you start increasing the prices of food, um, services, etc. And it sucks. Yeah. It sucks, but I think it's in that, like it's gonna happen regardless. That's yeah. that's kind of how I rationalize. It. I don't know if that's a good way to rationalize to rationalize the things I do, but it's gonna happen regardless. I'd rather be the one to buy this house and not discriminate against people that that can live there. Yeah. Um, and try and keep it, but obviously, like the pricing is what. Well, I mean, I'm I'm sure taxes go up every year yeah. too. So like, there's a lot of things that go into it. Yeah. But you know what sucks too is right, the taxes go up. Uh, prices around your like other houses also prices go up. So mm-hmm. they say like you start comparing, uh, your house to others, and yep. it's yep. like you know this person is renting this for this, and yep. you know we can do the same. Exactly. It's a tough situation. Yeah. It's a it, it puts homeowners, yeah. in this area at a tough position. I especially young homeowners, yeah. you know, because. You know, maybe someone who's older, maybe they're more like, you know, I, I kind of need to charge this because mm-hmm. it's going to help me out with, yeah. you know, long term or whatnot. Yeah. And that's that's a huge thing, right? Like we want to charge a price that's going to let us build enough capital to buy another building. Correct. Or whatever the situation. Right. And I mean, a big thing is like landlords, like if you do your due diligence, like during this whole COVID thing, uh, mortgage companies were giving out assistance to people like so we were able to to like uh pause our mortgage payments for i think it was like four months yeah and we could have pocketed all that money and made the tenant pay the rent but no like pass the buck right so they stayed there for free for like four months i think that's why she was able to stay for a while because she had four months of free uh rent rent basically so she's able but now i think it caught up to her and she can't afford it anymore yeah um but um but yeah i mean i think i think landlords as they get bigger and bigger care less about their tenants and it becomes just like am i making money am i not making money yeah Yeah, i mean it's what what's being a being a homeowner uh i was gonna ask you this a little later but like we're on it now kind of you know being a homeowner what's the best advice you would give uh someone young buying a home for the first time like a first time home buyer like what's one advice at least in this area maybe you know what's something do your research like you can look up places that are on the up and up, like um, the Bayonne area, Harrison, all these places may look grungy now, but in three, four years, uh, this area is going to be popping. And so like, do your research. You can spend like a couple of weeks looking stuff up, looking up real estate, looking up trends, uh, where like moving trends, things like that. It's huge. And like, just don't be afraid. I, I feel like a lot of my, a lot of, a lot of people who were my, I bought my house, when did we buy our house? three years ago i think or yeah three years ago like really 25 um like my coworkers all say dan like you're super young to be buying a house and it's like if you can save up the money me and kelly split it or whatever yeah and buy an investment property it's huge um it's passive income you're diversifying your income streams which is super important don't rely only on your job um it's just not smart (laughs) (laughs) um and if you if you can do it, do it. Like squirrel away whatever money you can and don't touch it. Yeah. Um, like I do, I do twenty percent of my paycheck every time to an account, um, and then you live off the rest. That's it. And you that's how you plan your life around is the rest and don't touch that savings. Um, but yeah, I'd say do your research is probably the biggest thing. Yeah. And and don't be scared to do it to to buy properties. It's huge. Like, yeah, you're going to spend money renovating and stuff, but it's all part of it. You're going to be gaining. You're going to be building up for your future, basically. That's always good to know. I, you know, I, I think I think people that, you know, a lot of first-time home buyers are sometimes scared. Yeah. And uh, uh, they, they, they got to do it. I mean, I always have this conversation, too, about, like, with some of my friends. I'm like, there's no rush either, you know? Yeah. Uh, just because somebody bought it at the age of 28, 29. Yeah, it doesn't that doesn't mean you have to buy one at the age of 28, 29. Yeah. You know, you can get one at 30, 31, 32. Yeah, you can get whatever. one at 45 years old. It doesn't matter, yeah. right? You know, you still have a long life to live. Yeah. Um, and to, to tie this back to the privilege conversation, one of the major reasons I was able to do what I did was because I could live with my mom out uh, of college, yeah. pay $300 in rent instead of 12, 18 or whatever if I wanted to live out here. Um 
and save up that money. Like, I was working at Verizon saving up that money. So, like, um, and just living with my mom, paying her a little, you know, $300 in rent is nothing compared to what oh, you would uh, actually pay. Yeah. And that comes with, like, home cooking from your mom, yeah, yeah. right? Did, uh, I have a question. Did you argue, like, with your mom a lot, like, during that time living there? I, I freaking argued with yeah. my mother a lot. I, 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 no. I look back and I regret it. Like, I yeah. think... I think I could have probably stayed a little longer with my mom. Yeah. I moved out at the age of like 21. Yeah. Uh, you know, working and, and again, you know, like what I don't, I'm not saying all men and women stay home for a long time, but if you can do it, you know, like, yeah, if you can, like, um, I don't think it's something to be embarrassed about. It's definitely not anything to be embarrassed about, you know? I can't, I I swear, I wish, I wish I could have maybe done it for like, till like I was 25. Yeah. Yeah. Because at the age of like 24, uh, 23, 24 is when I started seeing a lot of like money coming into my bank account mm-hmm. and I was paying rent and I'm like, yeah. damn, like I could have been saving all this. Yeah, and, exactly. That, that was one of my and, biggest things. It's like, why pay, you know, why pay someone, some other guy's rent or mortgage or yeah. whatever when I could just help my mom um, and save up for my own. So, yeah. So wh- what about the group of friends you have now? I mean, including myself, I guess, right? Hey. <laughs> hey. <laughs> um, most of them are mainly Hispanic. Yep. Um, how have they impacted your life? <laughs> I think for the better or for the worse? I mean, we're all listening here. Guys. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> uh, definitely for the better. I mean, um, yeah, I don't know. I just found like in in college, I found this group of people that shared my culture obviously all of our cultures are slightly different because we all come from different countries and it was amazing like seeing that and all the differences yet yeah, all the similarities um but i loved it like i have a group of friends that i can go out dancing with like be loud and obnoxious with that i can relate to and like even we were talking well i forget what we were talking about earlier but we were like oh yeah it sounds like a hispanic thing i'm like <laughs> i mean like there's other people you can't you can't really relate like that and like you said you listen to all types of music. I'm very much hip hop and then salsa, merengue, achata, and reggaeton. It's still all types um, of music, but yeah, it's Hispanic. Like, no, I know. But you go I to mean, college with a bunch of white kids. Yeah, and you and listen to, to like some 41 and Blink 182 and Papa Rock. You'd be drinking with them and like they throw on like piano man and like yeah. sing. Like, and it, it's cool. It's fun to see, but like I can't relate. So I feel a little awkward. <laughs> I, I don't know the song like they do. Um, What's the song? Uh, Half. Uh, <laughs> what song is that? I don't know, but I know. I, so, I don't know the name. So of it, it just, it's so funny. That, so I was, I was out on Saturday, this past Saturday, uh, with one of my friends. And I went down to Jersey City, to downtown. And uh, we were actually at one of uh, my favorite bars, which is called South House. I'm like doing marketing for them right now. <laughs> South House, if y'all listening to me, reach out to me. I'm marketing for y'all. I want my cut. <laughs> I just want a couple of drinks on y'all. Nah. <laughs> anyway, um, so we went into South House and we were just talking about uh, how the music's changed. You know, like it's they were playing phenomenal music. Like they were playing throwback hip hop, and yeah. it was like it was like fire. And there was a couple of like white people there, and. Uh, the way they were moving to like the hip hop or even reggaeton, they're playing reggaeton, and then out of nowhere that song came on that I was just like humming like, and my boy and goes, my boy goes, oh here they go, here <laughs> they go, and it's like, oh yeah, like that's the music that you would listen to if you were hanging out with them. Like I mean, I would know the words if I was hanging out with them, right? I don't even yeah. know the words, but I know the words when I hear the song. I just don't know it now, yeah. but yeah, it's I just I, th- I thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um. So. I think you said it. I mean, you you sounded like you said it. I was gonna ask you where did where do you prefer where would you have preferred growing up? Is it Randolph uh, or is it here? That's you know why that's tough. It's thinking like if I didn't have the privileges of Randolph, would I have ended up where I ended up with my career? With I mean, Kelly did it, but I feel like she may have beat the odds if that makes sense. Um, I don't know. I, I honestly have no idea. I, I'd probably say Randolph just because I already did it and I know it works. Whereas mm. if I grew up here, I don't know what would happen. Yeah. Um, but culture-wise, obviously, here is way better. Um, but yeah, that's that's that, that tough, privileged conversation. Would I give up the privilege that I had to, I don't know, the stuff. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. Growing up in Randolph. It wasn't bad. It wasn't bad. Those bears. 
Bears are cool. <laughs> Bears and deer. What's what's um? I, I was just thinking of a question. What's like the biggest takeaway would you you would say from Randolph? Like that you can. From Randolph, hmm. money doesn't mean shit. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, yeah. At, at the end of the day, it's like. I'm talking about all this privilege, but then there's a bunch of people that had all this privilege that didn't use it and ended up um, still doing nothing with their life. Yeah. Um, and obviously coming from wealthy families. And it, it's crazy. Like, uh, weed weed was everywhere in, in high school or whatever, but then you also had your cocaine and, like, heroin and, like, all these harder drugs amongst, like, the white people. Yeah, you know what's funny? You you bringing that up? Uh, I'll never forget uh, the first time that I ever I I in Jersey City when I was at Hudson Catholic. You know I would smell weed. You know uh, the first time that I had ever seen cocaine was at Hudson Catholic, and the person that was doing it in the bathroom was a white person. Yeah, and that's when I remember I I told one of my friends I was like, Yo, bro, like. I was just in the bathroom and I saw this and he, he kind of just shrugged his shoulder and he's like, oh yeah, I know. And I'm like, oh, I, for me, it was like something brand yeah, new. Yeah, yeah. Um, and to me, that's always been the white drug. <laughs> it, I mean, it is. But, it's, it's cra- and it's crazy because all the drug dealers would be like rich ass families with the parents yeah. that just didn't care. And we'd literally just go over their house, go to the basement and like the parents wouldn't care. We could do whatever we wanted. Um, it's wild. It's wild. Like yeah. the the hooligan, like the fooling around in Randolph is way like I had friends that like take me in joy rides and their dad's Bentley. Oh like, shit. <laughs> like <laughs> it's just weird. It's different. It's different. It different. It's a different lifestyle. Yeah, it really is. It's a whole is. different lifestyle. Um but That's back so... to your question, even though all these kids are like super rich, they still ended up at lower than pe- people coming out from here in yeah. certain aspects. And it's like um, that's a good thing I know, guess whatever, not a good thing but I'm saying not unfortunate for them but yeah. a a good sign saying like a good thing I guess and as far as you know we grew up with less yeah. you can say but we kind of have ended up with a little bit more than most people in those areas and and yeah. uh, it's unfortunate you know I don't think drugs is anything to play around with like and, and bash people with but I also think that also has to do with you know certain air living in certain areas and being uh being drawn to it or being around it more uh i think you know unfortunately you see a lot i mean it's all not i'm not talking about white or or any type of race i mean you see it in all cultures and Mm -hmm, all mm -hmm. but i think you're you're so closer you're so much closer to it that it 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 can affect you so much more yeah. than an area like here in the Latin community yeah, or yeah, yeah. in Hudson County. Um, that's my moped in the background, if you hear that. Um, so I, I actually wanted to ask you one last trick question about uh, kind of, you know, you don't have uh, kids or anything like that, and I'm sure hopefully one day you guys will. Um, where would you want to raise them? Right? Knowing now, knowing that, you know, you can raise them here in Hudson County. Mm-hmm. You know what type of schooling they're going to have. Yeah. Or would you prefer maybe moving out of town uh, and knowing they're going to have better schooling mm-hmm. or better resources in a different town? Yeah. You know, um, because... Sorry. No, I want to hear and then I guess I'll tell you <laughs> what it would. Um, I think we, we've, like, I've thought about this before and it'd probably be like, fine, like vetting a private school or something. But growing up around here, just to get the culture. But to touch on something, like, I, I like, after college, I realized we're, like, I'm that generation that is actually going to be able to help their kids with, with yeah. their school. Like, I had my older brother to help me. My dad, he knew math stuff, obviously, right? Math, you don't need to know English to, to know what, yeah. you know, how to do long division or whatever. Um but outside of that, I was helping my parents understand insurance, do all this stuff. Like they weren't helping me, but now that I'm like that second generation, which our Italians went through in like the thirties or whenever, whenever yeah. they immigrated. Um, so like we're, we're now getting to that generation where 
I'm going to be able to help my kids with their work and put them ahead. Yeah. Um, as opposed to like, I'm sure most of us were, we had to do that stuff all by ourselves. We didn't have our parents to help us. Like, yeah, I, my sisters had each other, I think. And then they were a little older than I am. So when I was in senior, they were out of the house. I kind of was doing things on my own or relying on my friend maybe to help me or I don't even remember to be honest, but yeah. I just, I, so the reason I asked that is because I, I kind of think it's, it's almost like a cycle. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, I, I'm, I'm going to be honest, you know, like I love Hudson County. I grew up in Hudson County my whole life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've lived in Lodi. I've owned a house in Clifton. Uh, you know, I'm back here in, in Union City and I just love it out here. And I was actually having a conversation at, a, at an event also this past Saturday um, on how being back in this area, like I just really enjoy the food and the culture. Mm-hmm. Uh, even even the moped you just heard pass <laughs> by, like, you know, it's something that I'm used to, I guess, listening yeah. to um, or hearing sometimes out the window. But at the end of the day, I feel most comfortable here. I feel like I can just walk and not be like, oh, they're looking at me weird. You know, yeah. even when I lived in Lodi, uh, predominantly white, area also uh i would just go for a walk sometimes and i would be like oh man these people are probably looking at me like what is this guy (laughs) doing around here you know uh so what i was trying to get to is like you know i would love to raise my daughter in this area Mm -hmm. but i would also for the better of my daughter i would move out of this area you know and it's something like even uh your parents right they they went and moved to Randolph, so you had yeah. that privilege. And I don't think it means anything. It's not wrong on my end because, again, I'm a product of my environment. Mm-hmm. Uh, could I have I gone to college or finished college? Yeah. Uh, was that on me? 100%. Mm-hmm. If school had me ready for it, I think I wouldn't have been discouraged. I wouldn't have shied away of like, damn, I feel stupid when all these people are like, you didn't get that? And I'm like, no, nah, I didn't get it. <laughs> you know, so I wouldn't want my daughter to feel that way. Yeah. Or, you know, and, and I think for me, I mean, I'd be just like your parents, you know, like I'd say, yeah, like, let's move out of here and and live in a different area where you can go to a public school and have all these resources. Make sure you're going to you're going to go to college and whatnot. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of people do that, you know, a lot of, yeah. it, it's not, it's not a wrong thing. It's not, it's not, uh, but I think we just got to be more aware of our resources because you can find resources anywhere you live. It doesn't true. matter. Yeah. Uh, there's still libraries out there. Yeah. I mean, people uh, don't know, like you forget our, about libraries. My tenant who's having issues paying rent had no idea what section eight housing was. Wow. And, uh, and we were like, they can help you. Like your husband just left you. He's not paying child support. Like, yeah you're a perfect candidate like that's exactly like you have three kids um she's working two jobs oh. i'm like you'd be the perfect candidate we were gonna sign up for section eight but she ended up she's like moving out to her mom's house or something yeah um and that's also that could also be like an ego thing like i know like our families will do their hardest to like not be on food stamps just because of the stigma right yeah like, oh, that person is on food stamps or all oh, that person lives in section eight but doesn't it feel I, I've never, I mean, I, I've never lived on food stamps, but do you think, applica- I, this just came to my mind, do you think applications, when you're filling out applications for anything, and when they ask you, are you on food stamps, do you think that makes somebody feel bad? Probably, yeah. I mean... And, and I'm talking about, like, so when, when I, I, I mean, I haven't applied to a new job, well, yeah, I haven't applied for a new job in a while, but I remember sometimes when I applied for jobs, it would ask if I was on food stamps. Yeah. Or yeah, so you're getting any government assistance. You're getting any government, yeah, government mm-hmm. assist, uh, eh, assistance. Yeah. But how does that make you feel kind of like? It yeah. kind of makes I mean, you feel like shitty if you weird. were getting food stamps. Like, what do you, do you lie? Do you say yes? Do you say no? I mean, obviously, I mean, I wouldn't know. But every time I read that question, I was like, damn, like, I would always think like, damn, like, how do these people actually feel if like yeah. you're getting um, food stamps or not? It's funny on that, like, so I got... Uh, the discounted lunches at school. Oh, yeah, lunch yeah. Lunch tickets. And at Randolph, it was like me and like, I don't know, probably like eight other kids that would do that. And I hated it. I'd hate, because you'd have to go up like early in the morning. Get, yeah. And everyone knew why you were in line. Like, yeah, why yeah. are you in line at the cafeteria <laughs> at, uh, in the morning? 
And, like, I'd always try my hardest to, like, go as early as possible. People wouldn't see me. Like, I hated the stigma behind it. And in retrospect, like, you're so dumb. Like, yeah. it helped you. Like, your parents didn't have to pay um, for lunch. Yeah. For <laughs> um, yeah, but, I hated it, too. I had that, but I, I, I wanted to eat out for school. Yeah. It was like, everybody else was eating out, so I was like, yeah, I want to eat out, too. <laughs> you were known as, like, the the weirdo at the lunch yeah, table. It was, like, it was weird. It was, it's it was funny. It's a weird thing. It was a, it was a whole stigma on, like... First of all, just, like, if you ate school lunch, because, like, why aren't your parents sending you to school at lunch? And <laughs> then, like, on top of that, having a discounted lunch is, like, wow. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. That's funny. So, right now, we're about to get into uh, what I like to call a oh. rapid round. Oh, no. It doesn't have to be too rapid. It doesn't have to be rapid. Some of these questions, you can't answer them that fast. Gotcha. Uh, but I would like to... Uh, I like to end most of them with a rapid round, you know? Gotcha. Uh, first one up. Number one. Do you have a favorite motto or quote? I do, actually. <laughs> um, oh, don't laugh at me. <laughs> this, this is a Joe Budden lyric. But, oh. Uh, Here we go. Listen, I, I know Joe Budden. You definitely grew up in Randolph if you like <laughs> Joe Budden. Now I'm playing. <laughs> Um, no, but he has a song, the lyric, the, the, the line is, I thought I was fucked up with no shoes, so I met me someone with no feet. Mm. Um, and that's sort of like, that line has literally stuck with me my whole life, and that's how I approach almost every situation, is like, uh, that and sort of like this concept of like, uh, better things, uh, what is it? Worse things have happened to better people. Yeah. Um, and that's sort of how like I approach everything. When something bad happens to me, I'm like... This sucks, but like, I'm sure, and people sometimes get mad at me because I could be downplaying certain situations, and I'm sure I have in the past. Um, but it just keeps me more positive. Yeah. To think that way to 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 think like, this sucks, but it could have been worse. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I, I hold that. Listen to uh, uh, music real quick. I'm a big Andy Mino fan. Mm-hmm. I feel like I've been dropping his name on every episode, <laughs> but there's a song called "It Could Be Worse." Yeah. yeah, I'll play it later. Not on the podcast, but after. Um, but yeah, it's a pretty cool quote. Uh, I'm going to... I It's funny. I, I had asked uh, the last guest, uh, my last friend Felix, to, to give me one of his quotes. And uh, we named the episode after that. I might actually use that one as the name of the episode for this one for you. I think I, maybe I should do that for every episode going forward, right? Yeah. Just, you know, what's your favorite quote or motto? Yeah. Boom, you say, pool, cool. You know, this is going to be it. This yeah. is going to be the, uh, because what you just quoted, I mean, I, I can see even how it fits in our discussion today. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, it, it yeah, still Yeah, recognizing fi- it, right? It uh, still fits. I mean, fits. that bar is like, rec- like, you might be broke and not have shoes, but compared to this guy who doesn't have feet, you're privileged. Yeah, right? you know? Yes. Like, so it's crazy how, like, you know, sometimes yeah. that one quote that resonates with you mm-hmm. fits your life story or yeah. what we talk about, and you don't realize that. Cool. I like that. Shout out to Joe Budden. <laughs> crazy. <laughs> uh, what have you learned about yourself in the last 10 years? Ugh. Uh, <laughs> what have I learned about myself? Um... I think I, uh, I learned like how, how, like motivated I guess, or how, how much I could do, realistically. Like I, I got to work and you realize like yo these people aren't, like putting in effort to this job. Yeah. And just putting in the effort, I've seen the the fruits of my labor by like being recognized. Um, like, you know, reached out to for certain things that other people aren't just because I'm more involved and more invested in, in a lot of things. Uh, and I realized that in, in once I started working that like, you know, I, I never really realized how much, how much impact that could have. And I think that's been huge. I don't even know if I want to ask you this one, but <laughs> what has been the toughest lesson you've learned? Toughest lesson I've learned in my life? Yeah. Oof. This is good. This is kind of not related, but um, doesn't have to be. Uh, like your your idols don't have to be perfect. If that makes sense. Mm. You need to listen to Andy Mineo, man. <laughs> <laughs> it, 
Your idols mess. Listen, yeah, yeah. You know why? Because uh, I may be saying this incorrectly, but uh, idols let people down. Yeah. And um, he mentions it in a couple of songs of his, and and you know, listening to it just made me realize, like, man, like you know, we're not perfect. Yeah. The world's not perfect. Your idols aren't perfect. Yeah. And the sooner you realize that, the better. Like. You need to realize you can take, for example, Joe Budden. I know he's like, he's a narcissistic asshole. Like, he doesn't care about anyone. Mm. But he's really good at like showing his emotion in music. And if you ever want to get into the mind of a narcissistic asshole, like, his music <laughs> is amazing for that. And it just gives you perspective. And like, that's things that, that's something I've like learned with my dad, right? Like, I can ignore or I can understand the negative aspects of the way he is. And still appreciate the positive stuff that he provided. Yeah. But yeah. If you can go back in time, Ugh. what advice would you give your 18-year-old self? Try a little harder. <laughs> if I studied for my SATs, I could have gotten a really, really good score. Um, if I actually like studied in college, I probably could have gotten a 4.0 GPA. Like All this little stuff, I don't think it really mattered. But I could have done it and not really sacrificed much else other than like maybe a couple hours of video games. <laughs> GTA. Uh, <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that that'd probably be my biggest thing is to just try a little more. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I think I. I mean, I always say. I mean, I think I mentioned it in the last one. So just try. You know, mm-hmm. do things without fear. Yeah. Uh, fear really holds us back. Um, what is one message? you would like to give all the listeners. <laughs> this is David's message to the world. Um, on the theme of this, I guess on the topic of this episode is like recognizing your privilege isn't a bad thing. You shouldn't let it um, like affect your ego. Um, I know there's a lot of white people that get offended when you bring up like white privilege and you shouldn't be. It's just like a fact. It just exists, right? When you go to the store and you see the color nude, what color is it? <laughs> right? A yeah. Band-Aid is actually supposed to look like your skin. Yeah. For, for anyone that's dark and put a Band-Aid on yourself, that shit blew my mind. <laughs> and uh, if not, in college, I took a class called Race, was it Race, Power, and Privilege. And we read this paper called like Un- Unpacking the Knapsack or something. And she basically just lists a bunch of stuff, the author's white, a bunch of stuff that she has the privilege of not having to worry about. And it was like, I can find a group of people that look like me and be comfortable pretty easily. Um, I can go like rent an apartment and be sure I'm not being profiled. Like no one's going to profile a white person. Yeah. That's a privilege. You, yeah, for you sure. You can't be profiled. You are like the majority. Um, the Band-Aid thing, like I can put on a Band-Aid and it'll mostly match my skin. I was like, I, that blew my That's, mind. Yeah, I was like, yeah. a Band-Aid is supposed to match your skin? I always thought it was just... That color for it. Yeah. yeah. Um, but all that, it's just, that's all privilege. It's just built into society. It's intrinsic. It's uh, it's structured that way. And we know why, right? We are colonized by majority white people. But um, yeah, recognizing your privilege is not a bad thing. Yeah, at times, it gives you perspective on things. So, hmm. What's the most meaningful contribution you have ever done or given? Is there one? Jesus. <laughs> uh, I, mean, I think... So speaking on Hispanic Heritage Month, I mentioned at the top, uh, I threw two events for my company. Um, there you go. And I think my biggest thing has been like sharing my culture and being open to other cultures is huge. Like I did, um, I did like a little history on all the Spanish speaking countries. Oh, nice. Uh, and then I did a, a dance lesson for people that wanted to show up. We did oh, that's virtually, cool. Uh, it was really fun. Like when I found out one of my VPs used to dance also. Oh, hey. Um, but I love that. Uh, just seeing people interested in my culture. I'm obviously interested in everyone else's culture. Um, in college, I got involved, like I said, in that org and spread it and just, there's a bunch of people on college campuses that just want to learn stuff. And we throw dance events all the stuff and mad people would join uh we'd have food for people and they'd love the food and just being able to spread the culture out and, yeah and show people like you can be a part of it and enjoy it we're not going to judge you for it um i think huge wow peruvian food or colombian food uh, <laughs> i have to go with peruvian food a colombian same peruvian food yeah. 
ceviche. Oh. saltado, tallarines verdes. Yo, There we go. Food. Uh, definitely have probably the best food. Um, and what's next for you? <laughs> what's next? All right, so what, we, we, didn't, we still have a little bit more time. Uh, yeah. What do you do now? Like for um, like, did did you mention what you do for a living? I, think I did. No, so uh, I work uh, for a market research company. So we do um, surveys and like qualitative research, so focus groups, uh, interview, uh, like in person interviews, um, and we analyze data and provide insights for companies um, who are dealing with anything. So brand issues, crisis, um, product testing, um, anything like that. That's cool. Yeah. Is that your passion? You love it? Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Providing insight. Like, it's just so cool to see. Different perspectives, different. Like, perspectives, but then, like, seeing a company come to you, like, hey, um, we don't know how to, like, market this product. And then you do the research, and you're like, all right, well, you got to talk to these people because these people care the most about it. They're the loudest about it. They'll end up spreading your message. And then you end up seeing, like, an ad that's, like, targeted, (laughs) and you're like, I, I like told them to do that. That's crazy. <laughs> that's cool. Yeah. Uh, that's cool. So yeah, that's, that's definitely my favorite. Nice. Would you, uh, would you consider being, uh, being on here again? <laughs> of course. Of course. I love just talking about stuff. Um, I, I remember, uh, uh, you had mentioned that you wanted to do something like this, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've always, I, I mean, yeah. So I, maybe, I've always wanted to get on, on something like this and just, talks up with people yeah. especially if you reach an audience like if you can educate like one person on anything um that's a win yeah me. Anyway. <laughs> so there you have it maybe we'll hear uh david's Whoa. voice a lot more on Let's here go. we'll figure it out you know i'd be down for sure absolutely uh well i guess that's it thank you guys i appreciate everybody for tuning in you know every other every other thursday you know an episode's out uh And yeah, peace out. Peace out, Cub Scouts. (laughs) Later. (laughs)